I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and we are continuing our studies in the first epistle of Peter. 1 Peter 1, 1 through 5. Last time, our first class concentrated on the opening verses and the overall theme in 1 Peter. We considered the circumstance of the original recipients of the letter, and from that, I gave us a theme statement for 1 Peter. This is what I discover when I read 1 Peter. The purpose was to encourage and instruct Christians for hope and endurance as they faced harsh earthly difficulties. For us, the study of 1 Peter can encourage us and instruct us to continue our obedience to Christ even when the stress and hardship of earthly life weighs heavily against us. We're going to read 1 Peter 1 now, verses 1 through 5. 1 Peter 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 5, and we hope you have your Bible open. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through five. If you were with us in the last video, I ask us to put ourselves in the shoes, in the lives of those people Peter wrote to. Imagine having to move like an innocent fugitive, persecutors after you, exiled away from your homeland, grieved by various trials with the other Christians in your area, this letter is received and circulated, giving you fresh hope and encouragement and motive to continue your obedience to Jesus Christ. That's the point of this for us, that our obedience to Christ must continue no matter the stress or hardship that weighs us down. Let's look now at verse 3, 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The first part of this reads like a prayer where God is praised. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that God is worthy of our praise. 
He is worthy of this praise because of his plan to save sinners, which was according to his abundant mercy, his great mercy exhibited by Jesus in his death on the cross. Now, God didn't take us into his family because we earned that right by our good behavior. No. God's plan, whereby we can be born or begotten into his family, is based on his mercy, not our good record of conduct. Thus, God is to be praised at all times, especially in hard times. Peter says to Christians that God's abundant mercy has begotten us again, caused us to be born again. See, when you obey the gospel, you are born into God's family. And that great privilege is granted to us through Christ, ultimately from the mercy of God. And that should always mean so much to us and encourage us to continued obedience. Now, the next part of this introduces this repeated theme of hope in 1 Peter, so prominent in this epistle. His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So let's talk about hope. It is not that the suffering Christians just had some vague promise or wish that things might get better someday. That's not the definition of biblical hope. And that would be almost empty to just hold to some possibilities, some generic promise that maybe the situation might improve. No, hope is not that. This is very specific and solid. This runs far deeper than just a vague positive outlook. Based on the historical truth of the resurrection of Christ, Christians have a living hope that has a very specific, deep meaning. If we are convinced that Jesus arose from the dead, as we study in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, reported in Acts and 1 Corinthians, if we are convinced of that historical fact, that solid historical fact, that critical element of our faith, produces, provides us with far more than just a guess or a vague positive outlook. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. It isn't just that things might get better. It's far more than that. The resurrection of Christ supplies assurance to Christians. We have an inheritance. We have a place prepared for us. We have a reservation in heaven. Through the obedience of our faith in Christ, based on the truth of his resurrection, we know this will be the outcome. The suffering, the pain, the difficulty here on earth is temporary. There is salvation 
in the eternal sense, ready for believers. And that's punctuated by Peter in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. My wife and I made a trip to Arkansas. I had a meeting there a few days ago. And the brethren took us to a little trailer house out in the country where we met a lady in her 80s named Sarah. Under hospice care, she is near death, bedfast, oxygen, her son caring for her. Her eyes were dim. Her hearing was impaired. Her voice was weak. But she was so happy. Quoting passages like this that we're studying, talking about the Lord, her hope, and the relief from her suffering that she expected would occur in any moment. That's the hope Peter is talking about for these suffering Christians in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Peter speaks of the mercy of God, the resurrection of Christ, then the heavenly inheritance for the people of God. That truth should keep us going, keep us obedient, and instill the joy and hope of active faith. I want to add, this truth is so important for us. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the heart of our faith, enables us to have solid hope, not just a guess. Christianity is a way of life that involves a set of historical facts, events that really happen. Everything is pinned to these events. Everything is held up by these events. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, those things happened. Our belief in the resurrection of Christ is the bedrock of our faith. Otherwise, we would be serving a dead master. We serve a living master who is in heaven at the right hand of God. And this is argued by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 in such a clear way. It was a part of gospel preaching. It is affirmed all through the New Testament. If Jesus is dead, what we're doing has no meaning. Paul said, if Christ is not risen, our faith is vain in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. So here in 1 Peter, the living hope enjoyed by suffering Christians is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. One paraphrase said it this way. What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for with all the hope that is expressed in this marvelous passage in 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me take us to another place about our confidence in the resurrection of Christ. Let's make that connection. Be sure we understand it. Because we believe God raised up Jesus and gave him glory, we have the strongest confidence that God will raise us up and give us glory 
because of him who was raised. I want to read about that in two passages. In 2 Corinthians 4, 14. 2 Corinthians 4, 14. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. And then, this is easy to remember, I just read 2 Corinthians 4.14. Now I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 4.14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So for Christians who were suffering, Galatia, Asia, and today, MacAllen, Ukraine, anywhere, Christians who are suffering, belief in the resurrection of Christ gives life and meaning to our hope. We know that all pain and suffering is temporary. These words in verse 4, kept in heaven for you. That's our hope. What God has provided is kept in heaven for us. Let me add this. Not everyone has this faith. Hinduism has no place for any notion of a resurrection. The Quran denies that Jesus died on the cross. Judaism does not affirm the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Those who wander around in the world religions give up the solid hope of the gospel that Peter speaks about here in 1 Peter 1, verses 1 through 4. Now, the question might naturally arise, how can we keep ourselves faithful between now and the end? I want us to think about that. How can we keep ourselves faithful between now and the end? Peter wants us to think of God keeping us through the activity of our faith. Verse 5, we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The question is, how can we keep ourselves faithful between now and the end? And the answer is, God keeps us. Verse 5, we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In the English Standard Version, by God's power, we are guarded through faith. Now, look at that carefully. God keeps us, but who does he keep? Those who live by faith. God guards us, shields us, strengthens us. But who does he guard, shield, and strengthen? Those who live by faith. The NIV has it right, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Let me go back and pick up something in verse 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Let's connect this in this way. By God's mercy... When we respond to the gospel, 
We are born into God's family where we continue to live by obedient faith to this inheritance, heaven. And look at how it's described. Imperishable. That means there's no loss over time. This hope we have doesn't go bad so long as we hold it by faith. Undefiled. This hope is absolutely pure and good. Unfading. Not only does this hope of heaven not fade for the faithful, it becomes greater as you move through life and grow and exercise your faith and zeal. This inheritance is kept in heaven for God's people who live by faith day after day. This inheritance is totally unlike any earthly inheritance. I know people who have inherited houses, huge houses, property, and money that perishes. There are family treasures and items that convey memory, but with every passing generation, the value of those treasures and items will fade and eventually be defiled. This hope God provides for the faithful is unlike any earthly inheritance. Hope doesn't wear out so long as we walk by faith. The devil cannot rob us of it. It is the anchor of the soul, and this hope keeps us strong and safe. So imagine that you're in exile, living through a storm of hardship. Yet you know the day is coming when the Lord will say to his people, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I want you to listen now to 1 Peter 1, 1 through 5. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I'll be back after this brief message for our takeaways. Takeaways. As a Christian here on earth, there will be hardships. There is no promise in the Bible that everything here will be smooth, always peaceful and without any pain. There will be hardships. Our hardships will vary from person to person. And we may have a variety of hardships over the total span of our life that are different. Illness, financial hardship, conflict that you cannot resolve, stress of one kind or another, pain, disappointment, the consequences of sin, whether your sin or the sins of others, there will be hardships. To cope 
to manage hardships, we have to get through the temporary by focusing on the permanent. To cope, to manage hardships, we have to get through the temporary by focusing on the permanent. Get through the temporary by focusing on the permanent. Passages like this help us with that focus. Number two, suffering today means glory tomorrow. That's a repeated theme in 1 Peter. Let me give you an example. I'm going to read from 1 Peter 4. I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. Be listening, please. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to the faithful creator while doing good. Suffering today means glory tomorrow for those who love and serve God through Jesus Christ. As we concentrate on this hope of heaven that equips us for the storms of life, there should be evangelistic motive here. By that I mean we should speak to people who don't have this hope about their need to become Christians and have this hope. Part of this hope we have should be the zeal to share this hope by teaching and preaching the gospel. As a Christian, I should want what I have <clears throat> to be in the lives of people I know who are not Christians. And that means I'll have to open my mouth and tell them the gospel story. I should be willing to say to my friends who are not Christians, I get through the temporary difficulties in life by my focus on the permanent. And I want you to have that hope. Thank you for listening. These are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas.